1: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'm not used to this. Normally on a Sunday morning, it's, hey, let's talk Jets football. But not the case. We'll do a few Sundays for you here until the football season's over. But yeah, now that the Giants are officially done, we're going to slide in and do Saturday mornings as Dave's going to get some well-earned time off. So we'll talk to you regularly Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. But we got three hours to kill here this morning. We want to hear from you at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number at Dan Gross's where you can get me on Twitter. Tom Bauer and Joe Leo, they're my buddies. They're producing the program today. And we'll take it right up until 2 o'clock. You got two more football games today. Once night hits, we're going to find out who the championship contenders are in the National Football League. And I was just saying to the guys a couple of minutes ago, like, enjoy this day. Now, you might not enjoy it too much if you're a Giant fan today because you're, you know, waking up and still licking your wounds from what was a humbling trip down to Philadelphia last night. But you only have a couple of more of these. You got today and you got next Sunday. I don't count the Super Bowl as like a true football day because it's almost become a glorified party. Right, You got people who really could care nothing less about football all throughout the season, yet they're all going to take part in Super Bowl parties and this and that and go hang out with their friends and go to the bars. It was, so th- that's not a football day. Today is, next Sunday is, so enjoy these times. But if you're a Giant fan, you might not want to because it was tough to watch last night. But if there's any saving grace from it is that it was over kind of quick. You know, like the patient didn't suffer, right? They went quickly, without any pain. There was minimal suffering. Because if you watch the game last night, as soon as Philadelphia went right up and down the field in the first two drives, and the Giants really couldn't get anything going offensively. And I know that this has been a resilient bunch, and they've had that flair for the dramatic, and they've come from behind often all throughout the season. But you you just got a bad feeling early on that this wasn't going to be the Giants' night. And we talked about it all throughout the week, right? You know, what could go wrong? You know, is this going to be a situation of, you know, Philly's finally going to wake up and we're going to see the real Eagles? Are the Giants finally going to meet their match? Look, I thought the Giants had a good shot going into that game last night. You know, if they played their game, if if they kind of stuck to the same formula that's gotten them to this point all throughout the season, you thought that they had a shot. But that didn't happen because the Giants were far from at their best last night, and Philadelphia was pretty damn near close to the best version of the Eagles that we're going to see. What we saw last night was that Eagle team, before Jalen Hurts got hurt, no pun intended, the team that we saw roll through the rest of the National Football League for the first three months of the season. That's the club we saw last night in the most important game that they were going to play all year. And it was just horrible timing for the Giant fans. So, yeah, in a way, it is your worst fears come true if you're a fan of the New York football Giants, and it played out in front of a national stage last night. But I got news for you, though. Despite the fact that this is a feel-good story, their season exceeded every single type of expectation that you could possibly want. And despite the fact that it all came crashing down last night, you still have a lot to be proud of if you're a Giant fan. And I think that that's the only way that you can look at this. And I've read a lot of stuff over the last, you know, 12 hours or so, and it's kind of made me chuckle and made me laugh. And everybody's entitled to their opinion, but it's, sometimes it's the wrong opinion, right? How do you look at last night's game and actually think that this tarnishes anything that the Giants did this year? The Giants were a sixth seed in the NFC, which if this was the old days, you know, before the NFL just started adding playoff teams to increase their revenue pool, Giants would have been the last team in the playoffs in the NFC. They won a playoff game. Let me repeat, they won a playoff game. It wasn't even a week. Remember, a week ago at this time, the Giants hadn't even kicked off yet in Minnesota. How soon we forget. Now, if they went into Philadelphia last night, and that was, let's say, the wild card round, and they went out there and got absolutely embarrassed, then we could maybe even have a discussion, despite the fact that I wouldn't feel that way still, but I would at least entertain the discussion that maybe this tarnishes something that the Giants accomplished this year but you won a playoff game. All right, I I, I can't stress this enough. When the Giants kicked off last night in Philadelphia, there were only seven teams out of 32 in the NFL that still had a pulse, that still had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Seven of 32. There were 25 other teams already preparing for next season. And you're going to sit here with some sort of rational thought and try to convince people that the Giants' season is a failure and a disappointment, and this is somehow tarnished because they got beat last night by a far superior team. To me, it just only reinforces how good of a job Brian Dayball and his staff did all season long. Because what you saw last night, I'll be honest, at the beginning of the season, I thought you were going to get a lot of those type of performances as the Giants went their way through a 17-game regular season. This was a team that was lacking in talent compared to some of the other clubs in the NFL, compared to a lot of clubs in the NFL. And through smoke and mirrors and not beating yourself and outstanding coaching and game planning and all those things, other players developing and coming into their own, that is how they managed to make the playoffs and to win a playoff game. And they finally met their match. And Philadelphia, would it be a shock in, you know, three weeks from now if you find out that the Philadelphia Eagles are the Super Bowl champions? Not to me. I mean, you haven't been paying attention otherwise. You know, if you want to call the Giants a Cinderella team, and look, I think that they certainly have those traits this year. Going back to, again, what the expectations were at the beginning of the season. Whenever you get the Cinderella, and I liken it to think about the NCAA tournament. And I know that that's a one-and-done format, just like, hey, football is, right? You don't play a series. It's not a best of seven. It's one game. Think about the NCAA tournament teams, the Cinderella's. Like, look at St. Peter's from last year, right? You win a few games. St. Peter's gets all the way to the Elite Eight. And what's the problem nine times out of ten whenever you have situations with those teams is that eventually they're going to meet their match. Eventually they're going to run up against a team that they are so far behind lacking in talent, and it's going to be ugly to watch. See, it's a great story as it's playing out. You know, and they get all this national attention, like you're winning these games, you're picking off this giant, and blah, 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 blah. But then ultimately, you're left with a horrible sporting event that you have to absorb. St. Peter's, when they lost last year in the tournament, they didn't even crack 50 points. And they got humbled by North Carolina. And the Giants last night, essentially, that was their game. They lost to a far superior Philadelphia Eagles team. But let it sink in for a second here. If you count the playoff win last week in Philadelphia, you won double-digit games. You won a playoff game. And more importantly, okay, maybe like if you want to look big picture years down the road, you answered two of the most important questions you had regarding your organization. Like, number one, Is your head coach the real deal, which I think he proved he is, and in a few weeks when they give out all those fancy awards, he should take away the Coach of the Year award. And number two, you had to answer an important question, a make-or-break question involving your quarterback. It was put-up-or-shut-up time this year for Daniel Jones. And I know that he wasn't good last night, but you know what? Nobody in a giant uniform was good. Nobody. Daniel Jones had himself a fantastic season. It was just a week ago where he was the best player on the field in a playoff game. Best player on the field. So now you know that you have a quarterback, you have a solution, and oh, by the way, you have a head coach. And if the economics work out and the Giants do right by the quarterback, then you know what? These two guys going into 2023 and beyond, you should be excited to see what they could cook up here if you're a Giant football fan. I know some of you may not be old enough to remember this. I am, unfortunately. But, like, this whole season with the Giants, it kind of reminds me a little bit of if you go back to, like, the 93 Giants, for those that remember that. Now, remember, that was coming off of the two straight Ray Hanley years where they were a disaster. They didn't make the playoffs. You know, you want to say that Joe Judge was Ray Hanley? Fine, be my guest. Might as well have been. Dan Reeves takes over. First year as a head coach, even though Reeves accomplished a lot already as a coach. You know, he went to three Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos in the 80s, right? But Reeves's first year as a head coach, off of two non-playoff seasons, and they had a good year. They exceeded expectations. They won double-digit games that season, made the playoffs, ironically enough, beat the Minnesota Vikings in a wild-card game at the old Giants Stadium, and then what happened in the second round? They went all the way out to San Francisco, and they got their absolute doors blown off. By the San Francisco 49ers, who were a championship-caliber team. And ironically enough, that was the last game ever that Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor played. Taylor didn't even finish the game. He got hurt. He had to get carted off the field. But that was it for those two guys. So a little bit older in terms of a certain, a couple of spots on the team, but that's what this kind of reminds me of. You know, exceed expectations, but then as you make your way through the playoffs, you realize that you still got a lot of work to do. And that was the bottom line, and that's the takeaway from this game last night. The Eagles are the better team, and I think you knew pretty early on watching the game that they won the Minnesota Vikings, right? That ain't the Vikings. And you knew that as soon as Philadelphia took a 7 0 lead, and the Giants, like, okay, how are they going to answer? Just like last week. Right, because Minnesota got that early touchdown on the board. Then the Giant defense, A, buckled down the rest of the way. And, two, the offense still was able to go up and down the field and keep them in the football game. Couldn't do that against this Eagles defense. And the two times that the Giants and Eagles lined up this year with starters where both were legitimately trying to win the game with something to play for. I'm not counting the Week 18 game. All right, Giants played hard and all that stuff, but that game meant nothing for them. They rested guys. The two times they lined up, the game at MetLife Stadium and last night, the Eagles absolutely smoked them. Smoked them. They ran for over 500 yards in those two games. And last night, by the way, Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney, Tory Jackson, those guys played. Played, and the defense had no answers. Me thinks that when Wink Martindale Goes into one of his head coaching interviews here in the next couple of days. Last night's game is going to be one that he kind of leaves on the cutting room floor. Maybe not want to bring that one up. But look, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm not killing him. Again, great year. Giants are not playing that game last night, if not for Wink Martindale and what he did for that defense. But sometimes you run into a buzzsaw. And the Giants, for them, unfortunately, it was against the division rival, national TV, down the turnpike, and it was ugly. And it meant the end of your season. But if I'm a Giant fan and I take a step back maybe, you know, the middle of the week when the cobwebs finally clear and I try to make sense of what this Giant season was like and what it meant for me and what it did for me as a fan, I kind of dug it. How do you not? How do you not? They gave you way more good than bad. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Want to get your thoughts. You know, some of the things we were just talking about there. Does this do anything to tarnish this Giants season for you, the way it all kind of unfolded last night? I don't think it does, but willing to hear from you. We'll also try to sort through some of the other things that went on in that game last night, some of the big decisions that this team is going to have to sort through coming the offseason, involving a couple of important players, more so than others. We'll get into the games that are being played this afternoon and The NFL saved the blockbusters for Sunday. Hopefully, these two games are as epic, at least, as they could be. Plus, the Jets are still trying to figure out who's going to be calling place for them in 2023. We'll update you on that search. A lot of things to get to on this jam-packed Divisional Playoff Sunday. Dan Grasso with you till 2, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Dan Grasso with you here on a Sunday morning on 9870 ESPN, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Quarterback was under duress most of the night. Uh, couldn't run the football from an offensive perspective. You know, things that kind of go hand-in-hand with success for the Giants this year. And, like I said earlier, you faced a much better defense than what you saw last week in the Minnesota Vikings. Remember, Minnesota, forget about what the product was on the field, Vikings went ahead and fired their defensive coordinator this past week, too, after that display last Sunday up there at U.S. Bank Stadium, or whatever it's called. And I'm sure you're not happy if you're a Giant fan. You know, you had the head coach, Nick Sirianni, kind of rubbed your nose in it a little bit. How about Toyin would going for two when they were already up 27 to nothing? He had them line up like maybe they were going to go for it or maybe even to see if the Giants would take the bait and jump off sides and then get you even closer down to the one-yard line, and then they probably would go. You know, just, just things were spiraling out of control, and Sirianni's running up and down the sideline saying, hey, let's see how much worse we can make it. So you, you know what? You store that away for next year. And I'm sure that the Giants will. You know, so the first time the Giants and Eagles got a lock horns next season, I'm sure that that's going to be some bulletin board fodder and the media is going to ask, you know, Brian Dayball and some of the players that are going to be in a giant uniform next year. They, 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 they remember that stuff. They remember that. But in all seriousness, though, and the NFL is impossible to predict. It's impossible to predict from one week to the next, much less one season to the next. You know, because as the league is designed, it gives those that maybe are struggling a little bit an advantage and a leg up to be competitive the following year and vice versa. It's hard to stay on the top. But if you look at the team across the sideline last night in the Philadelphia Eagles, who's to say that that can't be the Giants next year? Right? I mean, really, who's to say that can't be the Giants? Because rewind a year ago. Weren't the Eagles that team? That had a rookie head coach in Nick Sirianni, a team that really didn't have high expectations going into 2021, and somehow, some way, they got into the playoffs. They were that seventh seed last year, and they went down to Tampa Bay, and they got embarrassed pretty good by the Buccaneers. They weren't ready to be on the same field in a playoff spot with Tom Brady and company, and they used that as a lesson. They retooled, they got better in the offseason, they made additions to the roster, and now here they are with a chance to win a Super Bowl. So why can't that be the Giants next year? Now, it's not going to be a given. There's still work to do, and I'm sure that Joe Shane knows that, Brian Dayball knows that, and anybody that's watched the Giants all season long. However, it also doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be right back in this spot next year. There's a chance the Giants may not even be a playoff team. I mean, that's, that's the NFL. You know, look at the Jets, for example. When they walked off that field in Pittsburgh 12 years ago, you know, after back-to-back championship game losses, did you think 12 years into the future we'd still be sitting here waiting for them to play their next playoff game? Nothing is guaranteed in this sport. And before I go to the phones, like, I, I, this is just me, and you may feel differently. I would think as a fan, and Giant fans could tell me, I would think as a fan that if your season is going to end, the way it happened last night is probably a lot less painful of a manner for it to unfold. Like, I would hate to have my season end on a last-second field goal, a missed field goal, you know, in the final seconds, as opposed to the game being over basically by the end of the first quarter. You know, by 8.45 last night, you knew that Giants weren't going to play another game this year. And therefore, I think that maybe you don't get as worked up. You know, like if it has to end, that's probably the best way for it to happen. That's just me. Put you out of your misery. Put you out of your suffering early. But you still have a lot to be proud of, I think, if you're a giant football fan. All right, let's go to the phones. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's start it off with Jim. He's calling from Madison. He's first up here on 98.7. Jimmy, how are you?
2: Hey, Dan, I'm good. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, before I get to my point, you just hit it on the head. Nick Sirianni is now my new most hated eagle. I mean, running up and down the sidelines like a buffoon, that just made the whole thing worse.
1: <laughs> that's, that. Hey, that's a rivalry. There you go. So you know what? And I'm sure that Brian Dayball is going to have his moments in this rivalry over the next couple of years. That's what this whole thing is supposed to be. When you get a couple of teams like this that don't like each other and the fans, it just adds fuel to it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's hope it, it turns out like that. Um, But the question is, is this season a disappointment or not? And no, it wasn't a disappointing season. It was a fun season. It was a building block season. You know, they got a lot lot to look forward to, hopefully. But to have it end like that against that team is really going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. And here's why. You know, if they had drawn the 49ers in this same game, who's another team that's much more talented than the Giants up and down the, the field, and that game played out against the Niners, I would be able to say that, okay, you know, we're, we're going to rebuild, we're going to come back, we're going to be stronger next year. But the fact that it was this disgusting team who has just owned us for 15 years, I mean, it, and, and the Giants, you know, don't show up. It's not a disappointing season, but, man, that is going to hurt for a long time.
1: Yeah, Jim, I I hear what you're saying. The the rivalry aspect kind of maybe interferes and clouds it a bit, and I thank you for the phone call. But, hey, what kind of options did you have? You know, there were four teams left in the NFC going into this week, and three of them came from the NFC East. So the law of averages were stacked against the Giants that they were going to see San Francisco, right? There was a better chance that they would play a team in their own division in this round as opposed to seeing the 49ers because the NFC East was pretty damn good this year. But it's not – see – I kind of disagree like the way Jim phrased that they're not showing up. It's not that the Giants didn't show up. They're just not as good. You know, that was the type of effort and outing last night from the – I don't want to say effort again because then it means like they didn't show up. That was the type of performance that I thought we were going to see with regularity all throughout the season from the Giants. I thought that this was maybe a 5-6 win team, not a team that was going to win nine and win a playoff game. Because I thought that when they stepped out on the field, more often than not, they were going to be humbled by their lack of talent. Yeah, I said it all year. I'll say it again. Two teams in this town. One to 53. Jets are a more talented team on paper than the Giants are. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. The big difference was Giants had stability at the quarterback position. That's a big leg up. They lost to a far superior team last night. And you know what? If they played the 49ers, same thing probably would have happened there. And who knows? It might have even happened against the Dallas Cowboys as well. But, I mean, if you think about what the Giants were, and and, and maybe fans are, are, are quick to forget, the last five years before this season, the Giants were tied for the fewest wins in the NFL, along with the Jets, ironically enough. That's how good football's been in this city. You know, You want to think back to the Joe Judge years where you're doing quarterback sneaks backed up in your own end zone? You want to go back to Pat Shermer? You want to go back to, you know, Ben McAdoo and that disaster? I mean, do do you want to relive those days? Like, now you have a football team that actually looks like they have a plan, that looks like they have an idea about what the hell they're doing, that you could believe in the course that this program is headed in. That you got people in charge now that know what they're talking about. That's half the battle right there in the NFL. Mitch is in East Windsor. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Mitch, how we doing?
3: Uh, pretty good. We're doing better than uh, some teams. How you doing, Dan? Thanks for taking my call. Cool
1: Mitch, that's that's the bottom line. Think about how many other teams that would have loved to be in that position last night.
3: But yeah, I could say my charge is easy. It should have been. In that position and You can say the Jaguars Gave a, a better game Than you say the Giants there um, Both teams New York team Should draft a quarterback I think the Jets I guess They, they want to go veteran Wait for Derek Carter To be a free agent Don't be trading up your assets But get You might get a quarterback In the fourth round and it could be uh, Somebody special and it'll be, I mean most likely It's not But the odds aren't In your favor You know But someone like Russell, Russell Wilson Was driving the third round Kirk Cousins but the Giants, they definitely need wide receiver help. I think they should draft two wide receivers and a quarterback in the fourth round, just to get a little competition there. I mean, I like Taylor, but he might be a little past his prime. And Daniel Jones took a step back, but you got at least you're happy. say so you have a quarterback that you can work with in the next four or five years, but he needs weapons. And of course he, he lose a mismatch.
1: Uh, Mitch no doubt he needs weapons and I thank you for the phone call and and that to me again and we're going to get into the quarterback here you know and Daniel Jones and the season he had and everything that he accomplished and the the questions that he answered all throughout the season think about the guys that he was trying now I mean look across the field look at who Jalen Hurts is throwing to right he's throwing to a Heisman Trophy winner He's throwing to a guy who's become a big-time wide receiver in his own right, and A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard's one of the most sure-handed tight ends you have in the entire National Football League. I mean, I, and I didn't even bring up the running backs. Hertz, who's a multidimensional weapon in his own right. I mean, like I said, the talent is not even equitable. It's not even close. And by the way, I had to just look this up now because I didn't even think about it after last night. I wasn't thinking like post-mortem. Giants are picking 26th in the draft this year. Now that their season is over. 26. If I would have told you before the season, hey, Giants are going to be picking 26 in the draft. You know what that means? They had a pretty damn good year. And they did. They did. 800-919-3776. We'll get into the quarterback, plus more of your phone calls when we return. It's a giant day post-mortem. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Gross' show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Much like the team itself, I think if you watch this game last night and if you watch the performance of the quarterback and somehow some way, come away with the opinion or the evaluation that Daniel Jones isn't the guy or Daniel Jones came up small on the big stage and on and on and on and on and on along those lines, then I don't know what you've been watching all year. Obviously, you missed out on a lot of fun. You know, you missed the movie. You kind of fell asleep through the movie, and then you woke up at the very end when it was too late to really get the whole message behind it. Because like I said earlier, show me one guy last night in a giant uniform who actually played well, right? And the quarterback, when he's under duress the entire game, when you're not able to run the ball with any sort of success whatsoever, not to mention the fact that you're going up against a team that can get after it defensively, and then you have to rely on your cast of characters at wide receiver who basically are a a, a who's who of guys you just plucked off the street pretty much all season long that in a big stage like that, you can't expect them to elevate their games like they've had to all year in certain spots. So how is that a reflection on the quarterback? Name me one quarterback that would have went out there given the same circumstances that Daniel Jones was facing and have himself an A-plus effort in that game last night. You know, Patrick Mahomes out there on one leg yesterday and gutted that win out in the afternoon with Kansas City. Well, think about how many all pros he's got around him in that offense to where all he's got to do is put the ball up. And just give it to them to make plays. And oh, by the way, it's also helpful when a team like Jacksonville, A, doesn't blitz as often as they should when he got a quarterback on one leg out there, which for the life of me, I can't understand what the hell they were doing defensively. And number two, maybe just maybe, maybe you know, maybe Jacksonville had dawned on them when they were flying back home last night after the game, that maybe you want to maybe put a body on Travis Kelsey, considering he caught every damn pass that whoever the quarterback was for the Chiefs was putting up there in the air yesterday. But you can't watch last night's game and let that alter your evaluation with Daniel Jones. A week ago, a week ago, he was that guy, right? All throughout the season, he was that guy. He was the best player on the field in that game against the Minnesota Vikings. Best player on the field. And now you're going to watch last night's game and say he's not the answer. You got to move on. You got to go find a different quarterback. Come on. Come, Come back to me. Come back to me. Anthony in the mail truck. He's up next here on 98.70 ESPN. Anthony, how we doing? Dan, what's going on, man? How are you? Anthony, good to hear from you. What's up, bud? You too, brother. So, uh, really quick, congrats
4: on the, uh, the Saturday gig. It's going to be awesome to uh, to listen to you every Saturday and, and as you take me uh, through my day as a male That's carrier. That's it.
1: Um, we'll have some fun for sure. Uh, Thanks, bud. It's,
4: yeah, it's, there are they're big shoes to fill with, Dave, but I think, at everyone at ESPN, I think, I think you can fill
1: it. Um, well, I, I'm about, so a, to, it, it, uh, it, depending on the shoe, I'm about a nine and a half. Maybe I could squeeze into a 10, <laughs> comfortably. so I think I should be all right.
4: <laughs> so my, my take on, on Daniel Jones, I said it last summer. I don't know. I, I said it to a lot of radio hosts, and, you know, my take was I want, as a Cowboys fan, I want Daniel Jones to go eight, and nine, you know, nine and eight, whatever make the playoffs if they want. You know, I want him to have a mediocre year, and I want them to give him big money because I don't think he's a good quarterback. Fast forward to the end of this year, I am nervous as all hell. And I thought that I only have to worry about the Eagles, but when the Giants revamped that wide receiving core, revamped their secondary, their linebacker core, they have one of the best head coaches in the league. They have a great GM. Um, If I were a Giant fan... I wouldn't even be upset. I, I, I don't think he can be. You know, they they fought. You know, yeah, the Eagles are just a better team. But, uh, you know, next week, whoever wins this game tonight, Niners, Cowboys, are going to go into Philly, beat the brakes off of Philly, and go to the Super Bowl. Let me hear your thoughts, Dan. Have a great day, buddy.
1: Anthony, thanks for the phone call. I I, I, I want to see how this game plays out this afternoon. I think the 49ers will win the game. Um, I think they're the best team from top to bottom, even with Brock Purdy as the quarterback, and that's one of the reasons why they haven't really missed a beat since the guy who was the last pick in the draft has settled in there at the QB position. But you're talking about a difference in class, Right. And not to say that the Giants didn't have a good year. Giants had a real good year. But now you're starting to separate, like, the true, true contenders from teams that are just very good. And I said this earlier in the week, and I'll say it again. The hardest thing to do in the NFL is not to go from, like, being where the Giants were for the last few years and then to, like, become a playoff team. The hardest thing to do right now is to be where the Giants are at today, where they're a playoff team. To then take that next step and graduate into becoming one of the elites. That's the hardest thing to do. Because you got a lot of clubs that are just, you know, playoff caliber type teams. They'll win their 10 games each and every year. Maybe they win a playoff game. Maybe not. But they never could get better. Like, remember those years, the Houston Texans, they would, like, win the uh, AFC South every single season. When, like, you know, the Matt Schaub was there and J.J. Watt was in his prime and all that stuff. And, you know, they'd be good. They'd be a nice little team. But they can never get better. They were never a team that you looked at as, like, a legitimate threat. They'd win one playoff game, but, like, never anything beyond that. That's the next task for the Giants. How do we become like where the Eagles are? Where the 49ers are. Who knows? Maybe even where the Cowboys are if they can win this game today. Cowboys got to win this game today before I consider them one of those teams. All right? They're a nice team. But I don't say that they're an elite team.
4: How Remember, they about just won their yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, they just won their, road play- their first road playoff game in 30 years last week. You know, you got to give me a little bit more than that. Go win another game today before I think that you're one of those clubs. But that's the next challenge for the Giants. And they got work to do. They know that. The thing about Daniel Jones And, hey, we're all going to get our answers. I think in the evaluation, you know, when they look long and hard about the performance that he put out there this season, how much of what he did and how much of his success should be attributed to Brian Dayball and his coaching staff? Right? Like, was it only the head coach and the people around him that were responsible for how well he played this year? Or did something finally go off within the player? to where he now finally gets it. Maybe he's just the perfect fit for this offense. Maybe the coaches were able to dial up plays and dial up a system that would bring out the best in his skill sets, which, by the way, is the objective of coaching, is it not? It's supposed to make your players or put your players in the best position to be successful. That's what Brian Dayball did all season long, and that's why he should be acknowledged. But how much of that is sustainable for the quarterback? And that's a question that they're going to have to ask. Because, look, the next thing here is you've got to figure out what is it going to take to keep him around? You know, Daniel Jones was asked about that a couple of times last night after the game. He didn't really kind of tip his hand one way or the other. Those are going to be discussions they're going to have. But it's going to cost you. Because the Giants, I do believe, have the guy. And I think most people in the building believe that Daniel Jones is the guy moving forward. But how much is it going to cost? What type of financial commitment are we talking about here? The best thing to do, like, I mean, in a perfect world, if you're going to tell me, and we'll talk about the offseason and the decisions that the Giants have ahead of them and all these other things, but right now if you're going to tell me what's the ideal plan for the Giants if you're going to keep Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and run it back with both of those guys, you get Daniel Jones' name on a multi-year contract and you franchise Saquon Barkley. The franchise number is a lot less punitive for a running back than it would be a quarterback. And he's a running back. You know? Despite the fact that he had a great season, despite the fact that, you know, you heard John Maris say that, oh, Saquon's the face of the franchise. Well, that's great, but he's still a running back. And the shelf life of a running back in today's National Football League is certainly not anywhere near what you expect to see and have from a quarterback as far as your relationship to a franchise? Those questions have to be answered. 800-919-3776. Despite the fact that the game was ugly last night and that really there wasn't too much to necessarily break down and scrutinize, there were a couple of decisions that the head coach made or didn't make in that game, which I think merits a conversation. We'll talk about that when we return. Dan Gross' show till 2. Right here on a football Sunday, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking Giants, their season comes to an end last night in Philadelphia as they are blown out by the birds. Now, look, in a game like that, there really aren't too many plays that we could sit here and nitpick and scrutinize. But th- there were a couple, you know, that were even brought up after the game, and that's with Dayball and a couple of decisions he made on fourth down. Now, in the first quarter, fourth and eighth situation, Giants had the ball at the Philly 40-yard line. They're trailing 7-0. He went for it, decided to go for it. Now, early in that game, you're thinking, all right, punt the ball, pin them back in their own territory, make them go the length of the field, make it a little bit more challenging. It's only a 7-0 game, and by God, it's still the first quarter. There's still a ton of time left. Dayball decides to go for it. You know what happens. Daniel Jones gets sacked. Second consecutive play gets sacked because he got dropped on third down, too. It was kind of a precursor of what was to come all, all night long there. Didn't cost them the game. And you can't take issue with the decision to go for it in that situation because, again, you haven't been paying attention all year. Like, if you were living under a rock for the last four months and you came out and you finally got a chance to watch a giant football game last night and you see Dayball going for it, you could say, all right, what the hell are you doing? But this is the Giants, and this is Brian Dayball. His aggression, rolling the dice, that's what got them to this point. You know, he's been taking gambles all season long, going back to week number one, going for two, going for the win in Tennessee. Remember, like, that's how we got to this point. So if you love them all season long – You can't sit there and say, oh, that was the wrong decision. That's the way he coaches. You go with what got you here. I had no problem with it. Now, the other one, I got to be honest with you, and it probably wouldn't have influenced the outcome of the game, but that decision in the fourth quarter, when at that point Giants had the ball was fourth and six at their own 42-yard line, they're trailing 28-7. to So they're still up against it. And there was about 13 minutes left in the game. That time he decides to punt the football away. And that one, I'm saying to myself, no, that's you, you gotta go for it. Because the difference between the first quarter situation and what was going on in that particular instance is that you only have 13 minutes left in the game. Like how many you're down three scores. How many possessions are you guaranteed to get over the next 13 minutes? Especially when your defense has been doing a terrible job all night trying to stop Philadelphia. And Dayball punts the football away. You only have so many possessions left in the game. Why get conservative now? The way Philadelphia was running the ball all night, you figure all they got to do is get one or two first downs and they'll bleed a significant amount of time off the clock the rest of the way. What ended up happening? Philly puts together an eight-minute drive. Eight freaking minutes. Fifteen plays. They kick a field goal and it was game, set, match. Again, even if the Giants went for it, and they converted the, the fourth down and got a fresh set of downs, they still probably wouldn't have come back and won the game. But I was a little bit surprised. Mr. Riverboat Gambler all season long earlier in the game, and he decides to punt it there. I didn't agree with that one. Well, of course, the media asked Dayball about it after the game. Here's what he had to say. With that, that's it. That fourth and eight or fourth and seven, where we were, you know, I knew what the line was for our kicker. It was, you know, past that, so I felt good about
0: the play that you know we had worked on throughout the week. You know, we practiced a fair amount of fourth downs. Um, we just, you know, didn't get it done. What about the, the punt? They hadn't scored it yet in that half. You know, I'm counting on the defense, maybe just from so backed up to maybe get a three and out.
1: Then they had a long drive. Probably could have went for it. Really weren't executing well enough to either. I, I mean, it's it's nice to show faith in your defense, but, Brian, I mean, you show faith in your defense maybe in the first quarter, not three quarters plus into a game where they've absolutely gassed you. They ran for 250 yards on you last night, more, 268. It was 250 in the game at the Meadowlands earlier in the season. So think about that. Those two games Where Philadelphia, while the Giants, they ran for 521 yards. And that was supposed to be one of the strengths of the Giant D. Or at least in terms of guys like Dexter Lawrence, who's had a fantastic season. A fantastic season. Leonard Williams, even though that he's nicked up a little bit with the neck, we know that. But he's back in there. You would expect a little bit more of a stout effort. They just absolutely mauled them in the trenches last night. And it showed you another area where they got to get better. Ernie in Brooklyn, up next, here on 98.7 ESPN. Ernie, how we doing this morning? Hey, how you doing, boss? Um, I'm a Buffalo
3: fan, but I will say the Giants had a a great season this year. But to listen to Giants fans, they were delusional. And I say that because Washington, that was two horrendous calls. I really thought they were going to be the first time in history they had two – ties because if it wasn't for those two bad calls i really believe the giants playing washington that was going to be another tie that's the way it was going except for those two bad calls and the giants they've been winning but it was smoke and mirrors all year but i have to say hey what can i say they were better than the jets the jets jets had more talent but they didn't have a a quarterback so what are you going to do
1: Bottom line, you got to win the games. Now, look, you don't take anything away from the Giants. They went into Minnesota last night and, or, or last week, and they beat the Vikings fair and square, you know? I mean, if you want to go back and, and, and lament the fact that that call in the Sunday night game down in D.C. was a little shady, it, you know what? So be it. You know, you could point to every single game around the National Football League and, and point to a play that the officials got wrong because the officiating is horrible in the NFL, horrible. We all know that. But I'm not going to sit there and take anything away. I mean, you can't, you can't point to a game from December and then kind of link it as to what happened with the Giants last night as to why they got embarrassed by the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are a better team. The Eagles are going to do that to a lot of teams. Did that to a lot of teams this year. And plus, Ernie, Ernie's going to worry about his bills, you know? I think they're in for a tough one today. We'll talk about that game a little bit later on. But worry about the bills, Ernie. You got Joe Cool. Coming into your stadium today. Joe Cool. Tom in New York up next on 98.7. Tommy, how we doing? Hey. Hey. Doing good, Dan. Uh, nice job getting the Saturday gig. Congrats. Appreciate you. Thanks, um,
3: Tom.
0: You're welcome. Yeah, I agree, Ernie. Focus on the bills. <laughs> um, it It did hurt last night. I mean, that cowboy caller, he said he wouldn't even be upset. I am upset. Last night was humiliating. I got an entire fan base down the turnpike. Once again, looking at my team as a joke. I don't like that. That said, it is a successful season. I'm right there with you. We, we found out two of the three answers we need going forward. We know we got the QB. We know we got the head coach. We got two great uh, coordinators. Hopefully they stick around. It's a GM-coach-QB league. So this offseason, we're going to find out if we got the GM. I I think the early indicators are yeah most definitely because he knew the the coach to hire he's revamped some of the front office he hired uh, that guy Brandon Brown from Philly I hope mm-hmm. he brings some of his uh, cap knowledge from them because how the hell Philly stacked that team the way they did this year my God we we need to be doing that so I'm looking to Joe shame to get us to that next level that you were talking about. Tom, think
1: about this for a second, and I got to run, but I thank you for the phone call. Think about this for a second. And this, how you know, you say it all starts at the top, and it all starts with ownership. Philadelphia and Howie Roseman, who's done an unbelievable job, got a Super Bowl ring not too long ago, right? And just keep stacking on, stacking on. Philadelphia's got a boatload of draft capital, too. A lot of talent on that roster. Once upon a time, remember, folks, Jeff Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, basically told Howie Roseman to go sit in the basement and work and brought in Chip Kelly and gave Chip Kelly complete control of football decisions for the Philadelphia Eagles. Told Howie Roseman to go play outside with the other kids and gave the keys to the football castle to Chip Kelly. And then before he admits his mistake and gets rid of Chip Kelly, puts Howie Roseman back in charge. Howie Roseman builds a Super Bowl champion. See, it all starts at the top. Owner, GM, coach, quarterback. That is the power structure of a successful franchise in the NFL. All right, we come back and we started off. Now we shift gears to the offseason. Who stays? Who goes? What decisions do the Giants have in front of them here? as we get set to turn the page to 2023. Dan Grosser Show, We Roll Till 2, right here on 98.7 ESPN.